I want you to understand, we don't sing songs like that so super Christians get to live great lives. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is for every person here. I don't care where you've been, where you are, or where you ever will be, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is there for you. I don't care what a mess your life is. Jesus Christ, by his resurrection power, can rebuild it. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what the mess is in your life. Y'all missed it the first time, so I'm gonna say it again. No matter where you are, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ can raise you up from whatever, wherever, however, to make you into that person you were created to be. Guys, you gotta hear that. I, I think a lot of people sit through church and they hear this stuff and they say amen, you got to say, that's for me. Let me dare you to do something. Try it. Try it. Amen? Amen. You know, say, okay, this area of my life is an absolute mess. I'm going to try this resurrection thing. Amen? You know, I, I think too many people, we kind of, in a, in, a, in a kind of a surface way, kind of, yeah, I believe in that. Do you? Well, then allow God to live that in you and through you and for you. You know, you want to have a testimony for your neighbors? Have something horrific happen in your life and let them see the resurrection power of God being lived out through you that's a testimony. You can yap all you want. Everybody's yapping, right? Sound like a politician. You know, who cares about your yapping? People want to see whether or not you're living what you're yapping. Amen? Let me help you with something. Your kids want to see whether you're living what you're yapping. If you're yapping and then you go home and you're living stinks, stinketh to use the King James Version, the bottom line is you need to understand they ain't buying your act. Amen? But let me tell you something. No matter where you've been and no matter how many mistakes as parents and grandparents, anybody else ever made any? Seriously? You know? It's okay. It's okay. Your kids understand you're a human being. Just get it on track, baby, and live before them. Amen? Amen. So very, 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 very important, you know? I'm so glad Jim and Reed are here. A lot of people wonder whether anybody actually likes me. (laughs) You know? And I am not popular in the church because I have this really bad habit. If something is stupid, you know what I call it? Stupid. You know, if something is shallow, guess what I call it? Shallow. You know, they're like, oh, wasn't that great? And I just, I have learned, I don't react immediately. They usually know when they say, oh, wasn't that great? And I just stand there. See, I used to go, no, that was stupid. Now I'm mature. Okay. Now I just stand there. And they know, he's saying that was stupid, you know. But, you know, 
I, it's just good to have somebody that likes you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just good. I don't know whether they like me, but you know. They, you know but, but very, very, very important. Very, very important. Let me ask you a question. When life is happening and you're observing and perceiving it, what do you see? Who do you see? How do you see it? See, today, we're, we're going to look at this story of Elisha. And we're going to see two ways to see life. Two ways to see the world. Two ways to see what's happening. One way is, is how can I fix this or what am I going to do about this? You ever done that? Huh? You know? The other way is to see through the lens or the eyes of almighty God. And I'm begging you this morning to think about how you process, how you think, how you view life, how you enter into the dynamics of life or the happenings of life or the circumstances of life and how you kind of see that whole thing. And it's very important. Let me warn you though, it's very easy to get to the point where doing it wrong seems normal and right. And let me help you with something. If you hang with the wrong people, they're going to talk you into doing it wrong. Because they're doing it wrong, they don't want you to do it different than them because then they'll have to change and do it right themselves. You really are who you hang with, just like your mama told you when you were six. Amen? You understand what I'm saying? We, it's very important who we hang with. It's very important who we listen to. It's very important who we are, we're talking to. I could talk to people, but I don't have to actually talk to people. Amen? Because some people are life zappers. I don't actually talk to them. I carry on a conversation, but I don't talk to them. Amen? I carry on conversations and talk with people. I mean, I listen to people. I'm one with people who see things through the eyes and the lens of God and his word and his spirit and his power and his glory and his wisdom. Amen? And I'm praying that today when we get done, that's kind of where you'll be. Man, I got, to, I got to be careful of this because I'm seeing everything from a human standpoint. I'm seeing everything from weakness. I'm seeing everything through the lens of fear. I'm seeing everything, and the bottom line is we don't have to. And that's what this story is all about. Uh, the last few weeks, we've been talking about Elijah. And I want to remind you that, oh, Elijah, he raised a little boy from the dead. Man, I always wanted to do that. I don't know why God doesn't let me do that, you know? But he hasn't, probably because I'm too insecure and immature to handle it if I did it, amen? You know, and all God's people say, yeah, go ahead, you wanna say, it. you know? Then he goes on and, and, and uh, he does all these different things and he runs into this young man named Elisha, okay? Now, Elisha, is a, is a young prophet who Elijah becomes his mentor. Let me ask you a question. Who's your hero of the faith or your mentor? 
So I think it's very important for us to have people that we kind of follow. I've watched my wife for 30 years and she has mentors like Elizabeth Elliot, if you've ever heard that name, okay? Um, and who's that lady you just got done reading? Yeah, that lady. And, um, but it's important. Francis Ridley Havergal, Gall, Gott, Gout, whatever. But it's important that you ask yourself, who's my hero? Who am I following? Ultimately, of course, we are following in the footsteps of who? Jesus Christ. And that's very, very important. The problem is lots, lots of people who call themselves Christians say they're following in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, but they're really not. They're kind of just moseying along in life. And we've got to be very, very, very careful of that. Amen? So very, very, very important uh, to see that and understand that. But Elisha comes along and Elijah is his mentor. And just before God takes Elijah, Elijah up in a, a chariot of fire, wouldn't that be cool? Just instead of dying. See, I'm not into that pain thing. I'm a man. We men don't do pain well. Amen? We just don't. We're babies. A cold to us is like pneumonia to you women. You know, it's, we're just sissies. You know, we're just, that's just the way we are. I'm not into the pain thing. I just like to be taken. Poof. But Elisha was an amazing man. When the king of Aram would make a decision that he was going to put his troops at a certain place, <laughs> he was so intimate in a meticulous way with God, he knew where that army was going to be. And so he would go to the king and say, don't go there, they're going to have their troops there. And this happened over and over and over. And the king was like, who's tattling? Who on the inside here is against us? Who's telling these people where we're going to have our troops? And this one guy comes to the king and says, listen, it's not us. It's this dude named Elijah. And somehow, Elijah knows every, he even tells God the thing, he even tells the king things that God reveals to him that you're saying, I, I don't know, this is weird, in your bedroom. A little freaky. But that's what it says, bless you. But I, think about that. That kind of intimacy. That kind of communication with God. That kind of oneness. I don't know about you, but I'm not quite there. But I'm working at it. I'm not quite there, but I'm working at it. Amen? Very important. You know, to be open to God, to hear God's voice, to hear God's mind, to hear God's heart, to hear God, what God knows I need to know. Very, very, very important. Well, the king decides somehow we got to get this dude. You know, somehow we've got to go over and we've got to take this guy because every time I go to do something, he reveals to his king where my soldiers are going to be and it's ticking me off, okay? 
So he sends a big old army over and surrounds the city going after Elijah. And Elisha, excuse me, I knew I was going to have problems with that. And Elisha's servant goes outside and says, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early in the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Now that's the first way you can view life. By what you see. You can view life by how you feel about the situation you're in. You can look at it and go, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? What am I going to do about this? How am I going to handle this situation? Now, to the human mind and heart, that seems normal. That's the way you do things. What, do you want me to just be naive and not act like this situation is happening? Not what I'm saying at all. But I am asking you this morning, how do you view your life? How do you view or perceive life circumstances? When things happen, how do you see them? How do you perceive them? By what lens do you perceive what happens to you or what might happen to you or what's surrounding you or what, whatever? And I think this is such an important question because I think there are so many people who love Jesus and Jesus loves them, but they still view their whole lives and every situation and every relationship and everything that's going on and everything that's going on around them not by the lens of God and his word, but by the lens of what they see. The lens of what they feel about the situation. A couple months ago, and, and, and I, well, I've talked about it before. That we had this whole thing with the government, the state, that they were supposed to give us $525,000, Okay. I don't know about you, but I can always use $525,000. Well, we got into this thing, and we're, we're like $60,000, $70,000 into this thing, and they're not giving us any indication that they're going to pay it off. So what did I do? Did I view it through the lens of God and his word? No, I viewed it through how am I going to handle this situation? And you heard me. You heard me sinning from the pulpit. How am I going to take care of this? Listen, I was ready to go to war with the state. And I like to fight. I do. That's my nature. Deal with things. And that's good and bad. But let me tell you what happened to me. And you need to listen to this. Satan saw that as a wonderful opportunity. This guy knows better but he gave me an opening. He gave me a foothold. He gave me a way to get in there. And I want you to understand, and you can ask my wife, fear overtook my mind and my heart. I was getting up at two or three in the morning in a cold sweat. You ever done that? And you say, well, you're the preacher. You're not supposed to do that. Welcome to humanity, dudes. All right? We all 
do something like that every once in a while, you know? And you know what? I've started to realize, what are you doing? You're not seeing what God, and let me tell you something. Let me just go real quick and streamline right through. God supplied every one of our needs according to his great riches and glory. Supposedly those dudes are gonna pay us next Monday and we'll be able to pay everything back that we borrow. He took care of us. He was in charge of that. But for some reason, and so you gotta understand something, Satan is always looking for something like that in your life too. He's a great great boxer. A great boxer is constantly looking for an opening. And when he sees an opening, he throws a couple jabs, then he throws the hook to try to knock you out. And you need to understand, he's looking for that in your life too. I decided to look at life and to look at this situation through my lens, through what I could do instead of what God could do. Elisha says, don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Y'all must miss it. I'll, I'll read it again. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. You still kind of missed it. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. You got to get this. If God before us ain't nothing or nobody got nothing on us. I know that's not good English. If you're an English teacher, I apologize. But I think you hear what I'm saying, guys. You see, we've got a choice. We can either look at it through the lens of our own lives and say, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to fix my marriage? How am I going to fix my finances? How am I going to fix this mess I've made? How am I going to fix this addiction that I've gotten myself into? And that Satan boy, doesn't Satan use that all the time? Well, you made this mess. You just clean it up yourself. No, no, no. God's saying no matter what the mess might be, no matter who made it, you let me in there. You let me love you. You let me heal you. You let me bless you. You let me empower you. You let me provide for you. I'm not sitting up in heaven like people do saying, well, what an idiot. He's saying, listen, even when you were unworthy, I died for you. You're my kid. I'll do anything for you that's eternally good and best for you. God doesn't play head games like that. Amen? He who is with you is greater than anything or anyone that can come against you. But here's the key. By the grace of God, you've got to choose to think and see that way. Does that make sense? Because too often we say God's in our lives, then we're going to handle life. And that's when we get all jammed up because what we've done is we've basically constricted God and his grace and his power and his wisdom in our life. We need to say, okay, God, I have no clue. Just say that to yourself because that's, that's one you need to use all the time. God, I have no clue. Okay, I know we don't like to say that because we're very prideful, arrogant human beings, but the bottom line is we really don't have a clue. Amen? 
But let me tell you who does. God. God knew the problems you were going to have before you had them. He already had things figured out and established his grace and whatever was necessary before they even came into your life. He knew this was going to happen to Elijah and he had already figured out how he was going to handle that. Any problem that ever has, is, or will ever happen in your life or come into your life, God Almighty, he is all-knowing. He is, he is perfect. He knows exactly from the begin, everything from the beginning and the end. He knows exactly what the situation is. He's already figured out what to do. He already has a plan. He already has a strategy. He already has an end as long as we are obedient and don't get in his way. My question is, why would we ever get in his way? But isn't it amazing how many times we do? Because sometimes he is slow. Amen? He is slow because he doesn't do things exactly in the timing or the methodology I want. And so sometimes I have to step in and help him out because he may not understand what's actually happening. You say, well, that's facetious. That's silly. That's, 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 that's crazy. It is. So why would we ever step in? Why would we ever step in and get in his way? Amen? Elijah said, listen, those who were with us are greater and more than those who are with them. Elijah prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire. They ought to make a movie, but no, I'm just kidding. Full of horses and chariots of fire around Elijah. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. Hmm. So can I really apply this to my life? Is this really for me? Does God care about me as much as or the same way he cared about Elijah and the servant? See, we'll all sit here this morning and say yes. But here's my question. When we leave this place today and we go outside and we get that bill in the mail. Did you ever get a bill in the mail? I remember a couple years ago, we got a bill in the mail from the federal government for something we didn't know we were going to have to pay for $16,000, $17,000. Anybody know what I was tempted to do? Huh? You understand? I was tempted to say, how am I going to handle that? The cool part, I have a wife that's a Christian and she taught me how to handle that. Amen? We really do need each other. You know, 
You have to understand, those things are coming. Those things are going to happen. No matter what, it's going to seem like the odds against us are greater than anything we have the ability to handle or conquer. But we need to decide this morning, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my spiritual mind. Open the eyes of, 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 of it within the context of my humanity and my spiritual self so that somehow, instead of seeing that bill, I see you. You knew this was coming years before it ever came, even before the IRS sent it. And they are not nice people. You know, bad things are going to happen. I'm sorry, but they are. And we need to decide this morning, God, open the eyes of my heart right now. Not in the middle of the tornado, right now. So that I make a pattern, so that I make a habit of instead of seeing things through my own personal eyes of fear and frustration, that as those things come, I automatically go to my perfect, almighty God has this all under control. Amen? Man, this is important. Man, this is important. Amen? Because every one of us struggle with this. Every one of us battle with this. Every one of us want to talk faith. But man, when it really comes to faith, it's hard sometimes, isn't it? Especially in the biggie. Especially when it's our kids. Especially when it's our grandkids. Amen? It's just very easy to kind of go human. This morning, we're going to sing a song called Open the Eyes of My Heart. And really what it's talking about is what we call the new birth or being born again. It's very, very, very important for us to ask ourselves, can I really see God in the midst of real life? Can I really see God in the midst of heartache and tragedy? Can I really get to the point where instead of my humanity and my fear and frustration being my default, where I get to the point where the way I see it is through the eyes and the power and the wisdom and the glory and the confidence I have in almighty God that he already has a plan in this, whether I understand it or not. Amen? He's got it, guys. I've never, ever, ever, ever put something in his hands that he didn't work it out exactly the way it was supposed to be worked out. I've never had anything come into my life that the grace of God was not able to handle. Now, like I talked about earlier, I can hold on to it and try to do it myself and 
jam myself and everybody around me up. Or I can say, you know what, God, I don't get it. I may not understand your plan. I don't understand why you allowed this. I don't understand this whole thing. I know I'm, this is, uh, you know what I can't stand when I'm going through heartache and somebody says, well, just be thankful. I'm saying, look, get out of my face. Sometimes I just don't feel like being thankful. Amen? It's hard. It is. But I promise you this. If you put it in God's hands and allow him to handle it, you will get to thankful. You will get to thankful. While we're singing this song, and you can stand. You can stand. Go ahead. While we're singing this song, I really do want you to ask yourself, is that where I go? Do I look through the lens and the eyes of God's word and his grace and his power? Or do I kind of fight that and want to try to handle things myself? I want you to understand, God Almighty is here this morning. And if you need a mind change, he can do that. If you need a heart change, he can do that. If you need a life change, he can do that. If you need his help with this, he can do that. If you need to talk to somebody, you can talk to somebody afterwards to kind of help you understand that. If you want to kneel at the altars and say, God, I don't know what to do with this, but God, there's some stuff in my life that I'm really struggling to do what the pastor said. You're more than welcome here. However you want to process this, you go ahead. But you make sure you allow God to show you whether or not you can truly bring it to him and see through the lens of his word and his love and his grace and his power as you deal with the realities of life.